Hi, welcome to Tuesday Talkies, where we discuss what's going on in the world of music business. I'm Peter Schwing, and joining me today are my co-hosts, Ayesha Damo and Sam Tall. The Duke and Stephanie Carlin have the week off, and they'll be back next week. Uh, if there's something you'd like to chime in about, let us know in the comments below. We'd love to hear. So this week, let's talk about Nielsen Music and MRC Data just released their mid-year report showing on-demand streaming is up 16% year over year. Is United Masters' new select program a sham? California on the verge of going code red and how to handle things when you're feeling lost. So let's get to it. Since quarantine, Netflix has acquired 16 million new subscribers. Disney Plus has attracted 54.5 million paid subscribers in just six months. And music streaming subscribers were up 35% in the first quarter. We're stuck at home, so it's not too shocking to see that. And with on-demanding streaming up 16% year over year, what does that mean for the future of the industry? And will this curve flatten out too? Here with his thoughts, <clears throat> excuse me. Here with his thoughts on this is Sam Tall. Sam, welcome. Hey, Peter, how you doing? Good, good. How are you? I'm so well, before thanks. we get into this, yeah, thank. Oh, great. So before we get into this, and I and I know you want to talk about the United Masters new select program. You're in LA, mm -hmm. and Governor Newsom just announced that he may change your lockdown level to DEFCON Red. So give us a quick update on what's going on out there, and then let's get into the streaming discussion. So. Uh, I think the, the, there's a lot of flashy headlines about California locking down again and doing a new stay-at-home order part two. Um, it, it's basically the same statewide now that it was in Los Angeles for the past week and a half. Um, basically, a lot of things were loosening up end of June going into 4th of July weekend, but in the week preceding the 4th of July weekend and the holiday uh, festivities therein, um, a lot of stuff in LA County was locked down again, including all bar service, indoor dining, uh, gyms and things like that. Now the state has expanded that to all counties. And that's just because, you know, it's, it's not an isolated incident. It's, it's really, you know, on the rise all over the place. And, um, you know, it's not, unfortunately, it's not a Californian problem either. You know, we're seeing this in a bunch of other states. Um, New York is, is, is a rare exception, um, you know, tackling it aggressively and authoritarianly in some respects. I mean, Cuomo kind of like laid down the law with that, but it seems to have worked. We, yeah. And well, we yesterday, I believe it was, it was our first day without a single uh, uh, death from COVID. Meanwhile, we have record setting numbers all across <laughs> the Southeast. And Florida, kind of like, Texas. It's a tale of two countries almost, you know, and so... Um, you know, California is seen as this sort of like communist republic of its own right. But it, the reality is a lot of California is, is you know, red counties and conservative, uh, you know, uh, U.S. congressmen. So um, there is sort of a mixed bag on that front. I know, you know, Tennessee is through the roof, Florida is through the roof. And so I just want to, you know, caution everybody. Uh, this isn't going away anytime soon. Don't have your concerts. Don't have your networking events. Um, don't, you know throw your holiday parties or industry functions and things like that. Please, for the industry's sake, we can't do that. Well, and wash your hands and wear a mask. And like, you know, we, we're going to have to suffer now. I mean, as I think New York was a great case study because it still overall has the highest cases, number of cases still, but it was squashed down. And now we're slowly starting to reopen. You see our curve going down. And so we're going to see, but 
It's the, you see those states that didn't, you know, didn't go into lockdown and now they're starting to feel the effects. So we want to get through this. We want to all get back out there. So a little suffering now will help, you know, prevent long-term suffering. And, you know, hopefully soon enough we'll get a vaccine. But so we're still at home. And that means there's more streaming and on-demand streaming specifically. And just a couple numbers from the um, from the Nielsen uh, Music Report: uh, total audio activity uh, year date through March is up fourteen and a half percent. March thirteenth through July second. So it's really interesting that they put these numbers in specifically March thirteenth when we all went into lockdown uh, to current. So on-demand total streaming is up thirteen point eight percent, sixteen percent over year, year over year. Total album sales, I mean, those are down and physical albums are down like 20 and 25 and 35%. But that's that big number is that on-demand streaming. So year to date through March was 20.4%. March to current, 13.8. And then over year over year, uh, 16.2% in the current time frame. Sam, talk about it. I love the data. So the, the important thing to note is that uh, you mentioned Netflix and Disney Plus subscriptions going through the roof, which I think is an important thing. And and people are initially in like March, April, maybe early May, folks were saying maybe there's like a dip in audio streaming, which clearly isn't like true on a long enough time horizon. Maybe momentarily that was the case when everybody was very much uh, focused on uh, visual entertainment. I think that's, I think we've talked about this before, but I, I have a, uh, sort of a the way that I categorize it is that music is a passive entertainment. Even if you're deciding what to listen to, even if you're putting it on with the intent of listening, it's still something that you can do other things during. Your your eyes are not occupied, your brain is not fully occupied, uh, your hands are not occupied. If you're watching Netflix, you have to pay attention, or you're going to miss it, right? So the minute you turn, you you walk away from the screen to go fix a snack or pour a drink, you're no longer participating fully in that in that uh, entertainment it's active in that sense whereas music you put it on and it serves as a soundtrack to your life now there are a lot fewer instances to soundtrack when we're not commuting we're not going to the office and having to tune out our coworkers. so obviously music streaming is going to take a little bit of a dip and you know netflix which you're not supposed to be watching in the office is going to take a little bit of a rise um i think we're starting to stabilize a lot of things that I'm noticing, especially in, in the areas of digital media, like on YouTube and other um, ad supported streaming platforms. Those CPMs are coming back to where they were uh, in, in February and early March, which is a really positive sign, but it also just means that we're adapting. We're figuring out the way forward. It means that the, the rise year over year, which we expected, I mean, we, we expect it to continue, it is going to keep happening. Um, I think the interesting thing, just not that it has massive uh, economic impact, really, but um, I think it's interesting to note that the physical album dip, uh, which is always expected these days, uh, increased once you know retail obviously was no longer part of the equation, physical brick and mortar retail, um, which of course makes the uh, Entertainment Retailers Association none too happy. And so that's, that's kind of like the, the, the way that you look at that data and say what's happening, what's the story it's telling. Because there's a clear difference between the pre-COVID and post-COVID uh, physical retail. Digital is a little bit more consistent. Yeah, and it, I always say we're going to have to put that asterisk for 2020 uh, for any kind of statistic because it is just going to be all uh, skewed. And 
One one other interesting thing is about the number of subscriptions to a music streaming service. And looking at this globally during during this pandemic, uh, I, I was looking at this article and saying that services in emerging markets uh, used the lockdown to offer free trials and reduced prices. And what they found was that the free trials that people were converting more. Once they were in the free trial, they were converting into the paid model. So it kind of demonstrated the difficulty of attaining, obtaining a subscriber in the first place. But once they're in your ecosystem, it is easier to convert them into a paid customer. I mean, it's kind of an in for a penny, in for a pound kind of situation. You know, uh, Spotify historically, and I, I think this has been true for several years, um, they're ad supported tier has something like a 20 to 30% conversion to premium, which is extraordinarily high. It's a really, really, really strong funnel. And I don't know whether that's because they're annoying the shit out of their free listeners with ads about getting on Spotify premium, or if it's really just that it's getting so embedded now in cultural awareness that you have to be on Spotify. That's how people are sharing music. And eventually you get tired of the ads uh, or the limitations that are imposed on the mobile app. But I, I think that's, I think, you know, I'm, I'm, even that's not a free trial, so to speak. It's not like a three month thing like with Apple, but it, you know, if it's a one year free trial and eventually you decide you're going to pay for it or you go in on a family membership or a, a, the new duo, you know, couples uh, subscribership, mm -hmm. I think that's, it's, it's a great model. I like it. It's the reason we keep growing and I'm, I'm not, uh, I have no reason to be opposed to the continued growth. Yeah, I mean, it, the I can go on about that duo where it's like, okay, so now it's you can get a couple, which means less revenue going to Spotify. Oh, the average revenue per user how, is through the floor. Yeah, but yeah, so so how is that going to increase? Like, yeah, how is that going to help Spotify? Yeah, so yeah, exactly, and that's not going. That's a whole different conversation that I've I've posted uh, on on the web about that and my thoughts on that. Um, you know, and the one thing though about the clicking is that annoying people with the, uh, you know, start free trial or it's like, well, I mean, I, how many of us have set a record for clicks of on YouTube, skip free trial. They are, it's, it's, they are so persistent on trying to get people to convert into that YouTube uh, ecosystem and it's failing. Well, it's certainly not as, as robust as, as it could be. I think it's, it's grown pretty decently uh, in, in the last few years that it's been available. And YouTube TV just saw a uh, price increase. So we'll see what that does to their subscribers. But um, I'm sure that has more to do with the, the networks and the, the programmers wanting to up their license fees than YouTube actually thinking they can charge more for that product. But, you know, suffice it to say, I think, you know, YouTube is identified as a free platform. And so when you ask people to pay for it, it's a little bit more friction. Whereas Spotify is primarily a premium platform. They over cater to the premium user and then they underpower the free option, which isn't quite the case on YouTube. But I think one thing that you mentioned is important and it's going to carry us into another topic here is um, average revenue per user is, is low for advertising models and high for premium models. And when you mm -hmm. spread out how that premium subscription applies to a number of users, of, of course, the value per that user is going to go through the floor. I mean, if you're an individual subscriber in the U.S. to Spotify, your ARPU is, is $10, you know, minus whatever the transaction costs and other kind of overhead. But if you're 
on a family plan, which has a maximum of six accounts, and you use all six accounts, each person's paying something on the order of, of $2 a month. Or it works out to just shy of $20 over the course of a year. And, and so it's, it's a lot less valuable. Now, it's a lot more useful to the user. It's a, it's a steep discount, which is obviously super attractive, and it keeps people in the, in the tank long term. And of course, revenue for Spotify continues to go up. Premium accounts go up. Uh, so it's, it's largely a positive thing. But of course, you know, average revenue per user is down, which means that the value of each stream is going to go down, which means that it's going to be that much harder for independent artists to um, create a viable revenue stream off of a limited audience base. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. And you know, the, the other thing is one other platform to look out for that as we as they are starting to get more music involved is Twitch because there's been discussion about Twitch going to a subscription model. So that's something to look out for. So we're talking about streaming and streaming requires distribution. So I, I'm really trying to find an easy segue here. Uh, <laughs> so you've, you've mentioned uh, the United Masters uh, new select program in conversation yesterday. And you know, United Masters is a bit of an enigma to me. Um, there's not a lot of information about how it works on their site. Any get started button just takes you to a page saying uh, you have to request an invite. And it seems it only, it solely works on an app. Uh, you know, again, so I know you have some thoughts on that. Let's, uh, let's take this one. Let's go real quick on your thoughts on this new select program. So I think, I think United Masters in principle could have been a great idea. Um, it, it, but it, it's just been so poorly executed and so wrapped up in the same kind of hype train as title, for example. Um, it was packaged very similarly. I mean, they're, frankly, their office is designed very similarly. The, you know, it must be friends between the companies. Um, but suffice it to say, uh, they were basically presenting the same model as STEM. And STEM pivoted. Uh, they had to. And they cut a lot of client accounts because they were overburdened. AWOL is cutting how much throughput they accept in a given year because they're overburdened. They're stretched thin. This is a distribution problem when you're trying to scale on a low margin. Uh, you have to operate at scale or you have to do less service in order to accommodate. Now, I understand the motives for United Masters to pivot uh, at least some of their clientele from a commission model of 10% to a, a subscription fee of $5 a month. Um, we're all familiar with how subscription fees work, and so it's a pretty easy pill to swallow for a lot of people in terms of how to budget for it and what to make sense of. But let's keep in mind a couple of the numbers that United Masters threw out when they uh, announced this new tier, this new service. Uh, number one, um, they reported something in the order of like over 5 billion streams, which I believe their number. Uh, they also uh, noted, noted that they have a little over 400,000 artists and a little over 500,000 tracks, which tells us a couple of crazy things. Number one, most artists aren't distributing music through New AI Masters. They're signed up, but they're not actually moving music. Otherwise, it would end up being like a track or two per artist. And we know there are artists who are doing more volume than that, which means that there are other artists doing no volume at all. Um, so they're not getting any commission off of those artists, of course. But if they were to get them to pay a subscription fee with the idea of potentially distributing, United Masters would read all the profit, the artists would get paid silch. So it's a losing battle there. Now, 5 billion streams sounds like a lot. And indeed, it ends up being, you know, millions of dollars processed. But 
when you divide that by the number of artists, on average, we're seeing something about like 12,500 streams per artist. Now, of course, we know there are some who are well more than that and some who are lower, but we're talking about the average here. And on average, uh, it doesn't make sense for somebody to sign up for a $5 a month subscription fee when that would take about 50% more streams than the average artist is getting on United Masters in order to pay for itself, just to break even, let alone to turn a profit on that. So it's similar to the district hit or tune core model where it's a flat fee, you get your royalties, but it just does not work for the audience that they're serving. I, you know, we'll leave for another day whether district hit and tune core work for everybody as well, the same, or if they're similarly mispositioning the independent artists. But suffice it to say, United Masters, with the legacy that they've already defined for themselves, the business that they've already built, the reputation that they've already garnered as being pretty unstable, lots of executive turnover, things like that. I just don't trust it. And I wouldn't recommend to anybody that they sign up for this right now. Oh, and we're just going to leave it at that. Somebody, uh, I, Sam was throwing out a lot of numbers. If somebody wants to run those numbers, put together a spreadsheet, let's make that happen. So, Sam, thank you as always. And uh, make sure you wash your hands, stay indoors, and hopefully California won't have to go code red. So, let's move on. So, we all sometimes can feel lost, and uh, especially under the current circumstances. Here to talk about how it's okay to feel lost and how to handle those times is Ayesha Adamo. Hey, Peter. Great to be with you guys again. Um, Glad like to have Sam, you. Yeah. <laughs> like Sam was saying before, uh, we're probably not out of the woods yet with this pandemic. So we need to be, you know, hunkering down a little bit longer, I think, even though the summer months are here. And even though the CDC, I believe, just said that if everyone would just wear a dang mask for six weeks, we could actually be out of the woods, but I digress. Um, with all these changes and the losses we're experiencing, it can be really easy to feel lost, to have no idea what the next right move is or really who to turn to. And I think also as creatives, we're accustomed to this kind of hustle where we're very easy to condition ourselves to think that we have to squeeze as much productivity as we can into this time of the shutdown. Um, but sometimes putting all that pressure on ourselves is too much. That's why sometimes we just really need to step back and say, it's okay to be lost, <laughs> which I've been doing a lot of lately. Um, in fact, I actually think it's really healthy to just embrace the lostness of it all sometimes knowing that we're not gonna stay in this state forever. All emotions shift and we're in very rapidly shifting terrain right now. So we can count on the change. Um, as creatives, I think it's okay to put ourselves into allow mode, to put ourselves into full receptivity and let ourselves be moved by the waves of uncertainty. Uncertain, <laughs> uncertainty. See, I can't even speak anymore. I'm that far out there. Um, whatever that means for us, you know? So by daring to allow and to be receptive, that also helps us build a certain kind of strength. It's the strength of the reed that bends in the wind. These times are challenging us to be even more open and to have even more inner certainty about the balance that will ultimately return. When we accept feeling lost, we're giving ourselves exactly the tools that we need to be found again. 
So how do we do that? How do we express these feelings and let ourselves fall into it? Well, for me, it's been a variety of things from taking a walk in the neighborhood without an aim, without a plan of where I'm going, or going around my living room in circles, flapping my wings like a bird and not having a thought in my head, just being crazy. Why? I don't know. Why not? <laughs> I mean, the things we do might totally defy logic. Like when the elevator tries to break down, just punch a higher floor, you know, just like Prince said, we're just doing our own thing. And sometimes that's exactly what we need to be doing. So this week, I'm encouraging you to embrace the lostness, punch a higher floor, um, let it just meet you all the way and meet it with a bit of, hey, why not? A little bit of absurdity, a little bit of wonder, because who knows what you might discover in the process. All right on. Thank you for that. Uh, one, one thing that's that uh, has happened and I've seen on you know the social media gurus and the social media coaches and, and you talked about like too much pressure and like too squeeze productivity in. and and going back to it's like what what I've seen uh it's like so many of these self-claimed gurus and coaches saying like you need to take this time and you need to go after everything. You need to work harder. You need to take this time and, you know, go learn five new languages, go learn a new skill, launch a new company. If you don't take this time now, it's like enough. And even, you know, one yeah. of my friends who is just like, you know, it's too much. They're like, I need to take a break because I mean, the, the news is too much. Every, you know, everything with that is too much. And then it's like these people saying, if you don't take this time to go do these 5,000 things, you're missing an opportunity. And where it's more like, you know, adding pressure. It's like we're under, people are under a lot of pressure at it is. So to step back and let things kind of come. And like, yeah, go, go learn something if you want to learn something. But it's that pressure, like step away from the socials because too many people are adding pressure to you without you even really knowing it. Right. And, you know, we are in the middle of a crazy pandemic that we haven't experienced in our lifetimes before. So we're all in the unknown and it's okay. It's okay to be lost and out there and, you know, just do your thing. It's all right. Right on. Do your thing. Thank you, Ayesha. It's always a pleasure. So, and that's it for today. Thank you for tuning in. If you want to chat with our host, stick around for the after show conversation. And if you find this interesting, please hit that subscribe button and ring the notification bell to be alerted about new shows. You can also find us at musicindustrycity.com and on your preferred podcast player. Thank you again to Sam and Aisha. Stephanie and the Duke will be back next week. Have a wonderful day. See you next time. Peace. <laughs>